The Bank of Canada released its financial system review today. That sounds very technical and very formal, but really it's just it's just an update. It set up many things that we've been talking about on the show for weeks now, including last night with the uh, chief economist at the Conference Board of Canada. We talked about a lot of this stuff. So high housing prices and debt loads associated with them are a major vulnerability to Canada's economy, the Bank of Canada said today, warning buyers who bought during the pandemic that the impact of even slightly higher mortgage rates could be uh, dramatic. So in its financial system review, the central bank said that while the country's financial system is strong and that we could weather the pandemic well, the economy remains vulnerable because of elevated debt levels tied to the country's increasingly expensive housing market. Here's Tiff Mackle. With inflation well above the 2% target and Canadian and the Canadian economy overheating, the bank's number one priority is to get inflation back to target. And we are raising interest rates to make that happen. Labor markets are very strong and household balance sheets have improved overall. The economy can handle, indeed needs, higher interest rates. And given the unsustainable strength of housing activity, some moderation in housing would be healthy. But high household debt and elevated house prices are vulnerabilities. If the economy slowed sharply and unemployment rose considerably, the combination of more highly indebted Canadians and high house prices could amplify the downturn. There's the Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem there talking about uh, the financial system review released today. One of the scenarios that they presented was the 1.4 million Canadians who got a mortgage in 2020 or 2021 would see their median monthly costs go up by $420 under certain scenarios for rising interest rates over the next while. $420 or a 30% increase upon renewal. So uh, we thought today, after talking about inflation and the cost of living for so many days now, for weeks really, uh, we thought we'd go and find someone who could give us some advice on what we should be doing to try to make sure that we're spending wisely these days, because everyone knows uh, that uh, if there's less to go around, then you have to start making some tough decisions, uh, or certainly you need to start prioritizing things. So joining me now is Jessica Moorhouse. She's a money expert and accredited financial counselor and host of the More Money podcast. Jessica, thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it feels like every day we're seeing new news about just how expensive the cost of living is and how much more expensive it's about to get or will get in the not so distant future. I mean, the big news today was on mortgages. Um, I, I guess just from your standpoint, how do people brace for rising costs? I mean, what kind of things mm -hmm. are, should we be doing now to make sure that we're prepared for the fact that the cost of just about everything seems to be going up and a lot of us aren't making a lot more money? Yeah, it's a it's a tricky situation we're all in, especially since, you know, we've experienced this pandemic for now over two years. And I think a lot of us, especially for the summer, are so excited to kind of break out of our houses finally and, you know, experience life because we've been kind of locked in our houses for a couple of years. And what's tricky now is, you know, we were prepared for this. I certainly was making all my summer plans. And it just seems like everything is so much more expensive. I was in the grocery store yesterday. I'm currently in uh, Vancouver talking to you, but I usually live in Toronto. And I was looking at the prices of, uh, you know, just certain groceries that I'm used to. I'm like, are these more expensive? Like, you know, than, than what I'm used to in Toronto. So depending on where you live, you could be experiencing some major sticker shock and, you know, things like groceries. These are things that we need every day. It's never going to change. So yeah. how, what are we going to do to to rectify the situation? And, you know, I've been talking about how to save money for 10 years now, over 10 years now. And the good news is that the kind of advice that most people have given over the past 
you know, decades, lots of it you can still use. And it's also really great to, to kind of integrate these into your uh, life now, because then they'll become habits. And then it won't feel like, oh, now I need to start figuring out how to save money. I mean, I've been living, you know, very intentionally with my spending, you know, for a long time. And so when things like, oh, you know, things are more expensive, I already kind of have tools in my toolbox that I can kind of pull out and be like, okay, so this is what we're going to, okay, this is what we're going to change. Uh, so it doesn't feel like a huge, big, uh, you know, shift to your lifestyle. And so, you know, I always kind of like to start with some things around the home. Cause I feel like, again, we're still spending quite a bit of time at home. Um, this is something that I'm personally uh, doing. Cause you know, we all have a little bit more time in the summer. Things kind of slow down at work a little bit, got a little bit more free time, mm-hmm. but uh, take a look at what are some things in your home that maybe aren't as efficient as they could be. And what's great is if you kind of uh, fix some of these things right now, they also will carry over into the winter. I know there's so many things during this winter, I just moved into a, a new home that I'm like, oh, well, I, I know that air is definitely going through these windows. Like, I feel like we need to do something there. There's definitely, yeah. uh, we're losing some energy and we're paying for it. Well, the same thing happens uh, in the summer with your air conditioning. So I always kind of like to start with like, what are some easy things that you could do? Take a look at all of your doors and windows and see if you need to reseal them. Or you can, of course, hire someone to help you with that and take a look at your home, uh, do kind of a consultation to see what are things uh, that we can, you know, that are kind of actually easy fixes, but over time, they will save you a ton of money. I think a lot of people are just worried about how to save money now. But I also like to say, it's also important to think about the long term. What can you do now that may not seem very significant, but over time, will save you a lot of money. So that's like an easy thing. One thing that I've been doing is switching all of my light bulbs to LEDs. Like there's cool LEDs now. I mean, they're kind of expensive, so don't have to get these that you can change the colors of. And that's kind of a fun thing to do, but you know, make sure to switch all your light bulbs so they're more efficient. One thing too, that I think we all need a reminder of is to change our um, air conditioning filters. I mean, I'm sure most of us have forgotten to do that. That actually makes your AC more efficient. So you don't actually have to put it on as high as normal. And one thing that I've done for a few years now is have a smart thermostat. They're much more affordable than they used to be. And this way you can, you know, connect it to your phone. And so if you're, you know, not at home, maybe you're visiting family or you're on vacation, you could turn, you know, some of your, uh, you know, uh, the AC or the heating off instead of having to maybe run it on low because you're afraid of having it off or you can monitor it uh, you know, wherever you are. And again, you're saving a ton of energy. So those are some quick things. Yeah. One other last thing is just, again, this is a thing that I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize I was doing this. And it's actually a good thing is keeping your blinds and curtains closed during like the hottest parts of the day to kind of uh, limit heat getting in so that you don't have to use your AC as much. I usually do that just because I, I like to live in a dungeon, I guess. But uh, that's one way to save some money on uh, you oh, know, some of oh, your because stuff. because when you're having to make tough choices these days, for instance, if that night out for movie and, and dinner is an extra $25, $30 compared mm-hmm. to what it was a little while back, saving money on utility bills frees that up a little bit. What what yeah. about for, what about budgeting again? Because it just feels mm-hmm. like, you know, it just feels like we're entering a period where every decision you make is costing more, mm-hmm. whether it be filling up, whether it be going to the grocery store, whether it be going on holiday. Uh, so certainly, obviously, you do want to budget in a way where you're not mm-hmm. spending money you don't have to spend on. So mm-hmm. just how about, how about budgeting because a lot of us don't budget very much. I'll be honest. I don't budget very much. Well, here's the thing. And I think because 
of the word budget. It has sort of a negative connotation. People don't like the word. I don't like the word budget, Um, but it's kind of just like the word people know about. I usually like to give it a different name. I know so many other people like to give their own spin on it. I call it a spending plan. Doesn't that sound more exciting? Because it's not limiting your spending. You're just planning your spending. And so really all a budget should be is outlining how much money do you have coming in and what do you want to save for? What are some of your personal savings goals? We all have have them. They could be short-term, long-term. We're saving for retirement. We're uh, saving for a, a family trip. Uh, we're you know, saving for anything under the sun. We want to pay ourselves first uh, and make sure that we're putting money into savings first, then whatever's left over we can spend. So that would be our Fixed expenses, for example. So those are utilities, rent, mortgage, you know, uh, fuel for our car, things that are necessary, and then variable expenses. Those are kind of the still usually necessary, but you they never stay the same uh, fixed amount every month. And so there's some wiggle room in how much you can kind of spend. And one strategy that I've used. So of course I'm a spreadsheet person, but again, honestly, it's one of those things where it's like you start it. It sounds painful at first. You get into the habit, then you know years go by, and you're like, oh yeah, this is actually not that bad. Um, but one strategy is once you make your budget of this is what I would like to happen with my money. Um, the hard part is actually sticking to it. And so what I always tell people is the only way to stick to that is to have what I call a cash flow framework or cash flow design. And so that is really like, honestly, like take a piece of paper or you can get fancy in Canva if you're into graphic design and really like visualize how money should flow in and out of all of your accounts or how it should work with all your financial products. So really outline, okay, well, money is going to come in on payday to my checking account, and then it's going to automatically flow, or maybe I'll manually flow it on payday to my different savings accounts. And then maybe I'll have this other bank account for my uh, certain expenses. You want to really understand how money is flowing in and out. That'll give you some organization. But another tip I have is most people overspend because they're using their credit card for their variable expenses. I just put my kind of like subscriptions or the fixed things that I know are always the same amount every single month on my uh, credit card to build my credit, get some points, cash back, things like that. But for things like uh, you know, that I typically spend, you know, can spend quite a bit of money on if I'm not careful, like groceries, eating out, entertainment, things like that. I prefer using either my debit card. So I have a certain amount of money that I give myself and that's how much I have to spend until next payday. Or you can get a prepaid, uh, you know, Visa or you know, there's lots of these different um, companies now that have these where it's similar. You load your money onto it. You're not actually borrowing. There's no credit involved, and once it hits zero, there's no more money. So it's basically kind of the same concept. It's something I've, me and my husband have uh, started utilizing over the past. Well, I guess year or so. And it is one way to keep yourself accountable because you're like, oh, there's only like a couple hundred dollars left in our account. That will make you want to change some of your habits or decisions moving forward until your next payday. Right. There's there's little cheating when you have when you mm-hmm. have a set amount of money there. I was speaking with Jessica Morehouse, a money expert, accredited financial counselor, host of the More Money podcast. We're just talking about tips. We've been talking a lot about rising inflation, the rising cost of living of late, and just trying to get some tips for you, the listener, on uh, how to prepare, not just for now, but also for what might, may lie ahead. And that's what we'll talk about after this. We'll talk about uh, how one should plan with the expectation that maybe costs will continue to rise. How do you plan for rising interest rates if you have lines of credit, if you have a mortgage? And we'll We'll get to that after this.
I'm speaking with Jessica Morehouse this half hour, a money expert, accredited financial counselor and host of the More Money podcast. We're just trying to get some tips for you, the listener, and for me too, the host, about uh, <laughs> how to better manage your money. Of course, these days with the cost of living increasing, we're seeing interest rates rise. That has lots of implications, especially if you've borrowed, if you have a mortgage particularly, uh, but just trying to find ways to make sure that you're spending wisely so that at the end of the week uh, or the end of the month that uh, that you can still make ends meet, uh, really. So, so this is kind of an odd situation, Jessica because it's been decades since we've had to plan around the idea. And I know the people tell us not to predict, not to sort of behave as if prices are going to continue to rise. But the truth is for the near future, at least it looks like they probably will be. Mm-hmm. How do you factor things like rising interest rates on your loans, rising interest rates on your mortgage uh, mm-hmm. and, and the cost of living into, into your budgeting? How, how do you set that aside? And how do you brace so that you're not always terrified mm-hmm. by what may lie ahead? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, we're going to continue to see prices rise. And I think a lot of people are really stressed out and concerned. And I, I totally get it. I have a variable rate on my mortgage and I'm, you know, feeling it. <laughs> and uh, it's something I, I have to, you know, think about in the future. But I think this is manageable. It doesn't seem like it is. But again, we have seen this before in past decades. It is manageable. What I always like to, to tell people is like, okay, if you feel like this is a real strain on you know your financial situation, it is important, like we kind of uh, talked about prior, to have a budget and an idea of where your money is going. This is also a, a great opportunity to track your spending to actually see where, where is it actually going specifically, what stores or what apps or subscriptions, what's going on with our money. And then that's where you can kind of get more. I like to talk more about it and in, in not cutting spending. Spending is bad, but um, let's get more intentional with your personal values and let's cut some things that aren't in line with your personal values, but also your savings goals. And I think also instead of focusing too much on um, you know expenses and, oh, I can't afford things, let's maybe have a more positive uh, view of things and like, okay, we've got some savings goals. We've got some goals that we want to happen with our money. How can we make those reality? And if there's some kind of expense that's going on, that's keeping us from achieving that, then maybe we need to let go of that, even if it's just temporarily. And that's another I think kind of mental trick you can uh, use is you may have to cut something out of your budget just to free up some cash flow so you can't afford even just your day-to-day expenses. It doesn't mean it's forever. So I think people, when they think about cutting things out, it's like forever, it's gone. I can never have fun anymore. Think of it more as, well, rising costs isn't permanent. It's temporary. So you cutting your spending so you can free up that cash flow so you can continue to afford all the things you need to afford afford is is also temporary. I think that kind of gives people a little little bit of a peace of mind. But I think focusing more on what can we do with our money? How can we maybe shift our focus more to saving? And maybe also this is a great opportunity to focus. If you have any expensive consumer debt, I'm talking about lines of credit, um, personal loans, credit card, this is the time to really reel your spending in so you can focus on eliminating that debt. That will be, once that's done, you know gotten rid of, you will feel such a weight off your shoulders because you won't have that monthly payment that is sucking up so much of your um, uh, income. And that will make things feel a little bit easier. Especially with interest rates rising, because one mm-hmm. imagines it just becomes more and more stressful if you're not paying down that debt. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things you mentioned right off the top, and this is is this is was a summer where we were all meant to sort of go out and enjoy ourselves again. Now, clearly, because of the cost of everything has been going up, uh, traveling is more expensive. But any any recommendations on how to have mm-hmm. uh, sort of a somewhat financially stress free holiday this summer? 
I know we all deserve a holiday, don't we? <laughs> I can't exactly. wait to have. Well, I mean, I'm in Vancouver now, but it's visiting family. But it's still, I'm still considering it's still it a, a holiday. A it's still a holiday. It's beautiful here. It's, That's right. It's, it's raining beautiful. today. It's raining today. It is raining still. today, but it's still beautiful nonetheless. I think there's a lot of things we can do. I don't know if this is necessarily the year to do your big cross country road trip with gas prices, but I feel like uh, a lot of us kind of forget that with lots of our credit cards, there's lots of um, rewards or cash back that we can utilize. For example. One kind of benefit with the, uh, one of the credit cards I have is there is a, um, it, you know, it eliminated most of the cost of the flight that took me here. So see if there's any things with your current credit cards that you may forget that are like, oh, there's a bonus I forgot, or there was this, you know, credit that I can use um, that will, you know, have the cost of me booking this accommodation or, or whatnot. Um, I think also um, really getting clear on what can we afford? So, because what I think what people sometimes forget about, and this is because we're on social media all the time and looking at people's uh, beautiful vacations, is <laughs> right. what makes a good vacation is the people you spend your time with, and it's just the experiences that you have. It's not about the location or how fancy the place is. It doesn't actually matter. It's really about creating those memories and those special times. So, it doesn't have to be the nicest, you know, Airbnb ever. You can get something maybe a bit smaller, but just make sure that you have. You you know, some games and some activities planned and you're spending time with the people that you loved. And that's, that's another kind of just like great thing to remind yourself is what is at the end of the day, uh, thing, uh, things that will make you actually happy and fulfilled. It's not stuff. It's not things. It's not spending money. It's actually, you know, building those relationships. And that, I think that's the, the main thing that we're all craving this summer is, you know, I gosh, there's been so many shutdowns and, and, and lockdowns uh, over the past few years. We really need some like human interaction. How can we do those and not spend a ton of money? There's a million different ways, picnics, barbecues. Like I just went to a friend's uh, birthday and uh, they rented a fire pit in one of the parks in our city. And that cost almost nothing. And we had the best time ever. So try to get creative with, with some of these ideas on how to spend time with people and uh, not spend a ton of money. Yeah. You could certainly have a very lonely vacation to somewhere tropical and expensive <laughs> and, and post beautiful pictures about it. I mean, people will be, will envy you, but at the end of the day, you're absolutely right. Uh, spending mm-hmm. time with your family this summer uh, and, you know, try to stay in one place is also a good idea. Jessica Morehouse, mm-hmm. thank you so much for your advice. I think it's very timely um, and look forward to speaking with you again. Thanks so much for having me. 